Welcome to the Movie Swatch Before You Die podcast. I'm your host, Dylan, with my co-host, Gab. And we're going to skip past our whole normal rigmarole about why you listen to us. She was an actress. I did some video editing to get to the fact that we have a guest today. We have a guest who picked their movie to watch before you die, and we're going to talk about it. So we have from the Watchtower Database YouTube channel, Maddie Savannah Paul. Will they will they hear me if I dab? Do you think oh, the, the microphone sure. will pick it up? That dab is loud. <laughs> Insert dabs. <laughs> Maddie, put, thank you so much for coming Put air on. horns on it. Oh, yeah. thank you for having me. I it, it gave me an excuse to rewatch this movie, which it's been a while. Yeah, which I think since I was speaking to you about it, you've watched this three times. Have you uh, told me twice? Twice. Okay. Ooh. No, I I want I wanted I I I said I would probably end up watching it three times, but then time got away from me. That's fair. That's a very legitimate reason to only watch something twice instead of three times. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So the movie that we're talking about today is probably, I feel like, the smallest movie that we have done. Yeah. Because um, we've done a lot more of our like childhood or like nostalgia type movies. And this is a very independent movie that you picked, Maddie. It is the 2014 film Comet starring Justin Long and Emmy Rossum. And I think for our first segment, which I did not mention to Maddie before this, so I'm going to put you on the spot. Yeah, which I'm is, on the spot. What's it about? So, Maddie, in the spoiler-free version, what is this about? What's this all been about? What am I working toward? You think you know everything about me, don't you? I die, but you're bottom. I bloody well ought to. A breakup. Ooh, that was good. That's probably <laughs> the, the most concise what's it all about that we've had. That was two words. I don't know how we could ever be quicker than that. <laughs> yeah. We'll have to find a future movie to describe in one word. Yeah, for real. <laughs> Yo, just wait till you get to Titanic. <laughs> okay Boat. so i'm now going to pull up the imd plot summary and just so everybody knows obviously there will be spoilers so if you have not seen this movie which according to the box office numbers that i'll get to later very few people have you should go watch it first yes. no yes. actually here's the thing there is a quote directly in the movie where they said even if you know the ending the ending's not what the movie's about you know so yeah which is definitely true because this is not a movie that is in any sort of chronological order. But even even if you even if you hear the spoilers, yeah, watch I don't it think after, it will, I but, don't think it would ruin it for you. But, IMDb uh, plot summary: Set in a parallel universe, Comet bounces back and forth over the course of an unlikely but perfectly paired couple's six-year relationship. There was no tagline that I could find either, which surprised me. Interesting that they would call them perfectly paired, but we'll get to that. I mean, that's what I, I don't know who puts in the IMDb plot summary. You know, I don't think that like. You know, th that could have been edited by some guy who pays for IMDb Pro. I'm not 100% certain on that. Sure. I will say I have a little trivia on, on that, but I don't know if I want to if I want to get to it yet or if I want to. On the plot summary? Yeah. No, the perfectly paired part. You know, mm. I'll just I'll just say I'll just say it. Um, the writer and director. Um, Sam. Said, yes. Says that the character of Dell is based on him. Mm -hmm. uh, and he is now married to Emmy Rossum. I did have that here for things that I would get to in the facts later. So that is a good piece <laughs> of trivia. And they met on this movie. Oh, that's nice. At least somebody's love life wound up a little better <laughs> in, okay. in this situation. So I don't know how long we're going to go on this, but let's just get started right into it. Let's get into our opinions, right? Yeah, let's do it. Maddie, why don't you give your opinion first, since this was your choice? In this critic's opinion... You know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. 
Well, I have a right to my opinion, and my opinion is you have no right to your opinion. It's beautiful. <laughs> you know, um, um, I don't think I've ever seen a movie quite like it, but I have seen movies that like that it's 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 kind of resemblance resembling. Uh, um, it feels like a little sixth sense, a little uh, uh, um, a little, a little of summer. Yeah, a little bit yes. of that little eternal sunshine of the spotless mind. Um, but with all of that, it, it still just has its very own unique feel to it. The the editing is insane. The the music is just beautiful. I loved the score. It is, it is. I was I as soon as I got done watching it the second time just now. Uh, I went and just listened to the score as I was taking a shower because I was just like, this is I need I need to just live in this a little bit longer. <laughs> yeah. 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 I think there are so many things about it that are so unique, but also so like reminiscent of other really great, um, more independent films. And I think it does a really, really good job of leading into that genre. Absolutely. I think what it also does an interesting job of is it, you know, there's really not that much to it. It's really only like five or six different scenes, but what they do is they cut it up in such a way that the first act is just the beginnings of like five different scenes. Mm -hmm. Second act is the middle of like five different scenes. And the third act is you've got all these closures and finalities. Yeah. And I think I was so surprised when I'm reading, you know, a lot of people don't like, Justin Long's character, Dell, because I really liked Dell and I really was like, yeah, hoping I would for Dell to change for the better. I was going to say that um, just based on based on the uh, uh, the Rotten Tomatoes score alone, this is probably a hard one to sell. And, and a lot of the a lot of the reviews uh, talk specifically about Dell being pretentious and an asshole and this and that and the other. And my thing is like, well, that's 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 kind of the point the movie acknowledges this uh um you know like fucking they make him a richard dawkins fan it's kind of kind of on the nose but she's got the whole part towards the end of the movie where she's talking about how he's horrible on paper he's a narcissist and an asshole and this and the other uh and, and i think that in in the context of how it plays out in the movie when you're going through a breakup and all the memories are flying back at you, like you, you get the good stuff. You, you, you over analyze the bad stuff. You know, you're like, fuck, I was wrong there. And then you blow it, you get a anxiety spiraling and you blow it up in your mind bigger than it is. And, and like this movie really likes to, to play with your concept of reality. And so it's like, you know, just because he's an asshole in what you're seeing, does that mean that that is how he was as a person or is that an over exaggerated uh, memory of it? You know? Yeah. I feel like Gab definitely saw it differently than us because I saw her making a face as we're both talking about Dell. So <laughs> I think you hated Dell. Is that right? Well, here's the thing. I think that um, there's this very heavily romanced in movies like this, especially from this time period idea of like 
the a really good passionate relationship where two people are just so in love they have to hate each other and be terrible for one another and i think we overly romanticize these relationships where it's like if you're not fighting all the time if you if you are not working every day to make this relationship work then it's not right and i think that's that's in movies like your eternal sunshine like your 500 days of summer even like your you know like more generically like the notebook right which everybody was like oh my god they're so perfect they're so in love and it was like no they hate each other and it that's not how healthy relationships should be and so i think for me it was a little like okay again we're doing this thing where it's like Obviously, there no one in this film is arguing that they are meant to be together, and it's very clear that she's happy with this other man. But it kind of creates this feeling. I don't, of like, I don't think well, that's that it what is. love is. Yeah, I don't, I don't think, think that, it is I don't, either. I don't think I don't think that it is very clear that she's happy with that other man. And to be fair, I I don't think it is trying. You know, I don't think it at all is trying to say that this is a healthy relationship for much of the film. Um, yeah. No, it's like, 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 like I was saying, the, my reading of it is like, it, it very much acknowledges the toxicity. Uh, but on the on the point of uh, um, like, her happiness with the other guy, um, we got we've got to remember that there's the running theme of the big lie of the relationship. And when Justin call when when Justin's character Dell calls her out on what he thinks her big lie is it ends with you have to accept the truth that what you're saying you know isn't like it, it, it's not true i do love you this that and the other which means she hasn't had her big lie mm -hmm. um, which i had seen something if you know if we're going we're obviously going down the full spoiler road um at the very end she says that she is pregnant and i feel like yeah, i saw I something that this. was like I, you know, I, I normally like to watch a couple of interviews or like behind the scenes things. And I came across a video from a guy who has like a hundred subscribers. Like I was like, I'm going to watch it, whatever. And he pointed out like two or three things. And I was like, oh my God, I love that. And one of the things he pointed out was I, you know, this belief that could her big lie be that she was ever pregnant. She waited until he was in the vulnerable position where he would have to accept it. And then she said it and was the next thing that she was going to say when he stops her and says he needs a minute was that she was lying. Mm. Um, yeah, yeah, also, I, I'll, oh, I'll say I saw I saw an interview where someone asked uh, uh, Sam that question specifically. And he decided to evade the question altogether. Which and the, uh, I kind of hate when they're like ambiguous about things. I'm like, the audience can still be ambiguous. Just tell me what you think, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I do want to say I don't think at all that that relationship was meant to be depicted as as a healthy one or a positive one. And obviously it was very toxic. But I think in film, generally, we tend to romanticize those relationships. And that was kind of what the, the comment that I was making, that I think this just continues to romanticize this idea of like, uh, a, you know, relationships and and passion are very difficult. You're right. Um, but it's also inherent in filmmaking that we're going to have Conflict. big moments you know what i mean like yeah. a marriage story isn't going to be an interesting movie if in it it's literally just like let's go to the supermarket today yeah you know yeah. what i mean like well i will say this um and I, i've been really looking forward to making this point on the episode where we talked about batman uh and the mask of the phantasm i said that that was the worst proposal i had ever seen and i would like to take that back <laughs> i would like to take that back and i i think that 
I really liked Dell's character until this moment. And I don't, until I don't the proposal moment or the, the proposal moment. Proposal? Yes. And I don't, and I, I don't fault him as like the character, but I do think that the writing, I think it was such a heavy handed way of reminding us that he's very selfish. And I think there were probably other ways. Uh, it just felt very much like it was this beautiful moment of, I love your eyes. And I love, you know, if, if I were a restaurant, you'd be my special. It was very sweet. And then for him to be like, and you like me, which means you're smart. I was like, mm, that feels a little heavy handed. Maybe, but I, I do think that like, because they, they even they even bring it back up when he's uh, uh, in that that final scene with her, the final chronological scene uh, where he's talking about, you know, like love is all narcissism anyway. And, and I think that, you know, having that as part of the proposal is uh, uh, works for foreshadowing that mm -hmm. and, and letting him learn that lesson. Uh, it probably could have been toned down a little bit, but. I think oh, yeah. that I think that you know they had to to be on the nose a bit just to to you know get the breakup to like make sense because uh, if if they toned it down like and she she reacted in such a negative way I don't know that it would have landed the same way. That I think is it can also true. be somewhat realistic too, though. Like there are often times where <laughs> I just gave me such a look. I'm there like, please, where... please. If you're in any relationship, there are often times where you like were trying to say the right thing and you just said one part of it that fucked up the entire thing you were saying. That's you know what true. I mean. Yeah, that's like, true. I think I'll that's a normal that. thing that's like, oh, I was trying to say something nice and instead I've said something which has totally blown everything. Yeah. 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 And I think also sometimes like in in moments like that, you can definitely be um in a in like a state of of nervousness or or you know whatever and, and say mm -hmm. the wrong thing but that just felt it felt a little bit like that moment jumped the shark for me a little bit where it was like he's he can't be this bad right like he's not that because he wasn't that bad up until that moment that was when he lost me um I do prior also to that always, i was like yeah i do also always find it slightly ridiculous that he's like and then i flushed the ring down the toilet and i'm like bro like, do you just have that kind of disposable income yeah, to just throw like, away? He does. He, he does. He does. He's, That's he's true. A we do find out by then that he does actually. <laughs> yeah, I, I guess. What does it say in the beginning? It says he is a postdoctoral scientist at a pharmaceutical company who then like sells his company for twenty five million, or he made the company twenty five million dollars. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It did. I did like, she um, bothered me. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Dylan. I did like his little conversation in the beginning with the random woman online too, where yeah, I'm trying to find where it was. You have really bad social skills. Can you at least pretend not to listen to my conversation? <laughs> Like oh, he had God. a lot of lines I, that I just really enjoyed too. I thought he yeah. was very, he was very cleverly written. Oh, absolutely, absolutely, and and like a, a lot of that, I feel like can rub a person wrong because it, it's definitely like the 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 sense of like, are you you know actually writing smart or are you writing trying to sound smart? Uh, and and it, it it toes that line. Uh, sometimes, but I think overall he he works incredibly well and has a lot of lot of fun zingers. Yeah, it could be too much, yeah. but I I do think the two actors are both phenomenal in it. Yeah, I agree. Like if I you totally complain about the writing, I can understand that, but I thought they both did a great job. No, I thought they both did a great job, and I think any complaints that I had about their characters were strictly with the writing and not at all with the performances. They I were both Justin very Long. realistic. Justin Long is just underrated in general. I think like, isn't that yeah. the fucking truth? Oh my god, yeah, like, he is. This this and Tusk are two of my favorite movies. I don't know if either of you saw Barbarian yet on HBO Max. He mm -hmm. is no. so good in it. 
and he's playing like a very different character, I would say. I'll have to give it a look. Is that a TV show or is it a, a movie? It's a movie. And I basically would just tell you it's a horror movie about somebody who shows up at an Airbnb and somebody's already there. And I wouldn't want to tell you anything else if you haven't heard anything else. I'm in. It's best I'm to in. go really into good. it not knowing more. But we're not talking about Barbarian. We're talking about Comet. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, I'm trying to think of what else I wanted it to give my opinion on. Um, I think it. I think I, I went into this and I I was really expecting a story like a love story that was gonna wreck me. Like I texted my boyfriend and was like, "Stand by because I'm probably gonna be unwell." And um, I I. I didn't feel that way and not that's not inherently a good thing or a bad thing. I was just very surprised. And um, I think all uh, like there was nothing about it to me that would like made me feel very emotional where it was like, oh, God, but like he loves you or because I kind of thought like maybe he doesn't really love her. Maybe he's just a little confused. And, you know, she clearly is probably better off without him, whether she's happy with this other guy or not. Um, it clearly wasn't going to work. And it's probably for the best that they're not together. See, and I think that I spent the entire movie hoping that he was going to make it work. Like, I, I spent the entire movie because I, I don't feel like Emmy Rossum is ever as flawed as Dell is. Uh, Kimberly is never as she flawed was, as Dell is. She was kind of flawed in Paris. Oh, definitely. Definitely. But I do feel like this whole time, it's it's a lot of these flaws in Dell. And I keep like, you keep seeing reasons why they could be there. And you're like, Come on, Dell, stop thinking about what's going to go wrong and just accept how good this moment is. That's why I do love at the end when he goes, it's a beautiful wanna, night. When the first time that the the five minutes thing came up and I, I found out that this was like uh, an accident on the case of Pluto TV includes ads as part of the movie's runtime. Uh, <laughs> but like I, I, I scrubbed five minutes forward and and she was like, because she was like, you know, what if something good happens in five minutes? And I scrubbed five minutes forward and it was, my mom's clear from cancer. <laughs> Wait, was that actually what it is? Uh, Are you saying that it was just because of Pluto TV? Just just because of the ads in there. Oh, okay. it, it, it ended up lining up there. But like, I, I was I was like, oh, fuck, I got to write that down. I got to write that down. And then like, I tried to do it again after the the. the the thing crashed on me and I had to get it up and they put the ad somewhere else that time. <laughs> and oh. It was just like, Oh, damn. Oh, I, I do also feel like there's a commentary somewhere about the fact that it, it does a good job making fun of not making fun of, but it, it's picking apart a little bit, you know, your standard beginning, middle end structure. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's talking about, I, I wish that life could be a painting. Mm -hmm. And at the very end, he says, just give me a minute. And they're just still. And I was like, Oh, they're a painting. And then I like he goes up to rush and kiss her. And I thought to myself, okay, so this is one interpretation of the painting. Like that was kind of my feeling about it. And I was like, I kind of like that because my interpretation, and I feel like I'm probably wrong, but what I want to believe is that they end up together. Well, speaking speaking <laughs> with such disgust. Speaking of interpretation, I, here's 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 one thing that I that hasn't really come up yet that I'm like really curious about that I think can color the way that you you view this film. What do you think is reality here? Uh, because yeah. you know it says at the start maybe you know it says at the start it's a parallel universe uh, and and so that can explain all of the oddities in and of itself. 
but we also have the fact that there's a lot of you know sixth sense lamp shading maybe he got killed in the car wreck and, and everything that we've seen going forward is just fully imagined maybe um, these are all his dreams and it's one there's also there's also the dream thing because she she specifically says you know once you kiss me you'll wake up and he goes to do it and boom it's yeah. over and, I, and you I know it's it start that. it starts with him being like it's not a dream it's not a dream it's not a dream yeah. just to like you know foreshadow all of that and there's there's a lot of different interpretations here and to me i think that the biggest thing is, is when he picks up her book and it's all yes. gibberish yes and, yes and, and it you know it, it's it's it could that could be read so many different ways i i wrote i wrote down a note of uh or I guess it was her thesis, not her book. Uh, where, what was it called? Ba, 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 ba. The Art of Science, a survey of art in a scientific existential universe. Uh, and to me, like that could easily read as the whole trope of you can't read in, in dream. dreams. Mm -hmm. It could also read as being in a parallel universe. Uh, uh, and and everything's weird, or it could even just be you know showing that they're not entirely on the same it? page. He 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 gets like a shocked look in his face. Yeah. He does have just a beat to be like, "What?" Before they continue on to something else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and Once that all started happening, I was like, "This is a dream." And I, I that's why I thought at the end when she was saying, oh, I'm with this other guy, I'm married that like I was kind of like, yeah, in this dream, in this nightmare, essentially that he's having. Yeah, and you know and what? I, I sort of just put no, no weight behind any of them. I was just like, I'm just I'm just along for this ride, man. You know what I mean? I was like, <laughs> I'm just watching you scene go. And I'm like, you know what? I want to believe in, in a happy ending for. So I'm believing that Dell finally saw things in a he stopped being five minutes from now and he just accepted it's a beautiful night. The way the way that I like to see it you mean? is that he does end up realizing that it is a dream, um, and, and and that because it's a dream, the whole "I'm pregnant" thing is something he made up in his head, and thus is a lie, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and that's you know why after taking the minute, he's he's goes in because. Earlier in the movie, he says, your brain does not perceive the difference between dreams and reality. It's all the same thing to the brain. Uh, and so to me, that ending just says that like, you know, he'd rather have the buildup uh, uh, and, and, you know, accept that as his reality than, you know, just sit there in the misery of it and not There's wake also up. There's also the moment in Paris where she asks him, do you ever dream about me? Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, that was a that was a, another one as well. And and she's talking about how, like, uh, um, you know, she God, I, I wrote I wrote that quote down too. what was it? Um, well, I know he immediately, you know, makes a joke of it like he does most things and turns into what, like sex dreams. Yeah. Yeah, and then she's she's she says uh, uh, dreams being ambiguous depictions of what we are or what we could be, uh, and a lot a lot of there's so much ambiguity in there. 
in, yeah. in the entire movie. Uh, and, and so it, it really, it takes your hand and just leads you to like multiple different conclusions. Doesn't give you, uh, um, you know, uh, a distinct, this one's the right one. And I think that plays into the breakup uh, aspect of it all of just like not getting the resolution necessarily. Yeah, not yeah. getting the real closure. And I mean, that's why you're talking about the ambiguity of it. You could even, you could definitely make an argument that he he died too and he got hit by that car. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which, absolutely. Which, if he did, that sucks for that little girl that he said, hey, put me on your college resume. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly. It's a real bummer. Yeah. Um. All right. Well, shall we get to some facts? All right, let's get to some facts. Let's get to some facts. I want the truth! Face the facts, dokes. Facts have no place with an organized religion. First, we like to talk about, you know, our reviews and ratings. So IMDb gave this a 6.7 out of 10. On Rotten Tomatoes, the tomato meter gave it a 44%, which is an average rating of 5.3 out of 10, with 14 fresh reviews and 18 rotten. Hmm. Audience score of 53%, with an average score of 3.3 out of 5. The critics' consensus, a cynical lad, Justin Long, and a young woman, Emmy Rossum, begin a six-year relationship after meeting by chance during a meteor shower, which I do find interesting that the critics' consensus does not acknowledge the parallel universes thing at all. Yeah. All right. So I just pulled forth a couple of like really quick blurbs. Katie Walsh from The Playlist. Comet is an original and inventive retelling of an age-old and universal truth, one expressed in Kimberly's favorite Roxette song. It must have been love, but it's over now. Todd McCarthy from The Hollywood Reporter. Although there's talent on display in all aspects of this time-jumping, visually distinctive, independent, Eshmael strenuously overplays his hand with the torrent of obnoxious dialogue he asks his male lead to deliver. Nick Prige from Slant Magazine. The film's time-jumping strategy cleverly illuminates the way in which we go over and fixate on isolated incidents in our minds of breakups past. I like that. Elizabeth Weitzman from New York Daily News. The actors give their all, and Eshmael's got an interesting directorial approach, but his own misguided script continually pulls this starry-eyed project down. Brian Tallarico from RogerEbert.com. Yes, some of it is overwritten and a bit too clever for its own good, but more often, it's an engaging character piece. Matthew Desem from The Dissolve. There's no way to sell this sort of garbage, but everyone involved tries valiantly, which I was like, damn, (laughs) that's a bit much. Whoa. Okay. That one um, I'll do rough. one last one. Kaori Shoji from the Japan Times. There's a lot of gorgeous sci-fi inspired cinematography here by Eric Koretz, but none seems as intriguing as the ones depicting Kimberly's face or Dell's gaze as he watches her. Hmm. Oh, and I forgot about the IMDb featured review, which gave it a 9 out of 10. It's a puzzle, an enigma you need not to solve. Watching this yeah. movie might be confusing at first. Nonetheless, you never stop watching. That's how wonderful Comet is. It's wonderful, truly a must-watch. That wasn't written by me a couple years ago, was it? <laughs> <laughs> it could be. I, I, no, it, it, pro- it probably it probably wasn't. I, I don't. I don't think I've ever done a review on IMDb. I but... used to back in the day, feverishly. I was like, people must know how I feel about all of the movies <laughs> I've ever seen. Yeah, used to. Yeah, not like we have a podcast about it now. Yes, but now I don't do it as often. It's just once a week now. <laughs> once a week. Oh, 
Um, as far as box office, I could not find any information about the budget of this movie, but I assume it's minimal. Mm-hmm. As far as box office, it grossed nineteen thousand five hundred thirty dollars. Wow. But I don't wow. think this ever even got like any theatrical release of anything yeah. real. Yeah, I will. I will say it, it starts with the IFC Films logo. So, you know, it was on premium yeah. cable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was nominated at the L.A. Film Festival for Best Narrative Feature. And Kayla Servi, who plays Stephanie, was nominated at the Young Artist Awards for Best Web Performance. Good for her. Yeah, right. Directed and written by Sam Esmail, who created Mr. Robot and Homecoming and has been nominated for two Emmys. Wow. Stars Justin Long, who also recently was in the film Barbarian, Jeepers Creepers and Dodgeball. And stars Emmy Rossum from Shameless, The Day After Tomorrow and Dragon Ball Evolution. Oh, well, 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 Dragon Ball. I think we also need to 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 note uh, music by Daniel Hart, um, who has composed for the Green Knight, uh, Ghost Story, <laughs> The Old Man and the Gun, um, and cinematography by uh, Eric Koretz, uh, who has worked on Ozark, Mosquito State, uh, Siberia, and editing by Franklin Peterson, uh, who has worked on Unknown, The Circle, Safety Not Guaranteed, and I Love You, Philip Morris. I think uh, all, all three of those people brought a lot to the movie that it, it would just it would just be a shame to not mention them. Yeah, I agree. See, Gab, why, don't, why don't you do that? Why don't you ever do that? Because... <laughs> they brought additional facts, Gab. They brought all additional right. facts. I'm, I'm not here for the facts. I'm here. I'm here for the. For the, the entertainment value. I right. bring the heaters. So I feel like I kind of can guess where the three of us are each going, but should we get to our verdicts? Let's please. Um, I, I do have more trivia facts if you would like them. Oh, we can before. do some more facts. Yeah. Um, the script was originally written linearly, and then Sam Ashmael put it away until he was going through another breakup and brought it back out, realizing that you don't experience the memories in that way during a breakup. And even then things change shape even more in the editing room uh, when, when they started realizing that some of the transitions they had set up in the script uh, would not work with the pace that they were shot at. Wow. Um, the movie was filmed over 18 days and took about six to seven months to edit. Uh, the VHS transitions were chosen to replicate home movies, showing that uh, memories distort over time. Um, he said that the two sons were uh, to let you know that you aren't in our universe, uh, which, again, could end up being a parallel universe, a dream or uh, just, being, just being dead. Yeah, uh, so, yeah, someone had brought up Star Wars uh, before Tatooine. that. And he, said, he said that he did like Star Wars, uh, though he didn't say whether or not that was a specific reference. And Justin Long was cast by virtue of being friends with Emmy. Uh, they, they, they cast her first uh, and ended up going through her contacts until they found a male star that... Uh, Sam thought would fit the role. However, originally Dell was supposed to be a much more unattractive and schlubby guy, and they had to rewrite large parts to to account for Justin not being 
unattractive and schlubby. Which is very nice for Justin Long to hear because I feel like they spend a lot of this movie being like, come on, you're like a C at best. And I'm like, don't talk about Justin Long that way. I know. I was like, Justin Long is very handsome. Like, Which, let's not. It's ironic that he's Adele in this because we know he's a Mac, not a PC. Ha 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 Who's bringing the heaters now? <laughs> that right. was clever. You loved it. I did. I did. Oh, and as far as the cinematography goes, uh, it was incredibly controversial while they were shooting, but uh, everything was intentionally off-centered in order to feed into the surreal aspect. Uh, it was inspired by British cinematography. Um, they specifically noted uh, Tom Hoover as an inspiration there. Wow. Makes sense. So now that we have some additional facts, we can move on to our mail. Sans Matty. All right, let's talk about the mail. Mail time! When you control the mail, you control information. Mom asked me to ask you if there's any mail for us here by mistake. What? First, let's start with a comment on an older episode, um, which we can do because we get so many comments, but we, we take time for each and every listener. Oh, yeah. It's a comment on the Emperor's New Groove from my fat face. Oh, yes, my fat face is back. <laughs> I feel like this is just going to lead to me talking about my fat face so much. Hi again. The fat faced one has returned. I would say yes about the Emperor's New Groove being a movie to watch before you die. The creative turns of phrase and bits of fourth wall breaks make it a joy to watch. As a big fan of the Chuck Jones era of Looney Tunes, the homage was very accurate and appreciated. The voice cast is perfect and made Yzma my favorite Disney villain. Favorite bits? Pull the lever, waterfall scene, explanation of how Yzma Kronk got there first. Hank Azaria. Huff, he played a therapist? Oh, I guess this is talking about Hank Azaria roles. Huff, he played a therapist. Brock Meyer was the sports announcer series. My favorite role of his was Blue Raja in Mystery Men. A movie to watch before you die for me is Skeleton Twins, which I've never seen. Have you seen? That's the one with Bill Hader and oh, what's her name? Kristen Wiig? Kristen Wiig. Yeah. No, I haven't seen it, but I have heard it's really good. I and I'd be down same. to watch it. Well, then you use it for one of your picks. I, I, I use it <laughs> Skeleton Twins for one of my picks. That's not coming from my fat face. That's coming from my fat face. <laughs> okay. Well, my fat face, if you'd like to formally request, it's so hard to take this seriously. If you'd like to formally request that we watch my skeleton, my skeleton, <laughs> I'm done. I'm done. You know what to do. Just do what you've been doing and Let's, tell us. Let us know. And you know what? Maybe you can bring your fat face in to talk about it. <laughs> We'd love to have your fat face, my fat face, and Dylan's fat face. All the fat faces. <laughs> <laughs> another comment on die hard from old king cole hey dylan finally got around to watching the podcast and it's great dude to be honest Aww. from your username i'm not sure who you are old king cole <laughs> but i appreciate it let me know who you are <laughs> so that i can actually thank you properly but thank Yikes. you sir or ma'am <laughs> finally let's get to some comments on tropic thunder okay so first scotty cameron I'm excited for Maddie to join you. Love his work on the Watchtower database, including the Zeta Month finale, which featured Dylan. Perhaps that was brought up by Maddie. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it's the male in this episode. He talked about it. You were there. Oh, right. sorry. I apologize. And finally, another comment on Tropic Thunder from my fat face. <laughs> I had attempted a makeup channel because I was putting makeup on my face, which is fat. I have a sense of humor about myself, so you laughing was all good. Tropic Thunder, here for the hater, but not one mention. 
the bill hater in case I enunciated that as hater. Got it. Not one mentioned sad face still definitely couldn't be done today, but for the time was good on garbage disposals. (laughs) There are places with septic systems and plenty of Asian countries do not even flush toilet paper. Best thing I ever did was get a bidet attachment for my toilet, but still tampons don't go down. Please, please, please. I'm not comfortable continuing to discuss this on the podcast. <laughs> like, I is, think it, is it enough discussion of toilets? Can we go back to talking about Vampire's Kiss, please? I was going to say, we've almost <laughs> talked about tampons and septic systems as much as Vampire's <laughs> Kiss now. So we're going to move on, and we're just going to continue to say, don't flush tampons, I guess. And if you do, just don't talk about it. Let's, let's yeah, all, if you do, just keep it to yourself. That's let's what all I'm stop learning. discussing it. <laughs> let's go back to our shameful bathroom time. <laughs> Finally, we have an email from Keen Machine. Good old Keen. The subject, Tropic Thunder. Greetings, Dylan and Gab. Fun episode this week. I've heard there was a lot of controversy about this film in more recent years, but I didn't know why. So now I know. Still seems you gave it a pretty solid review. Also, I always enjoy Scotty's insightful write-ins. I've never seen any of the Transformers films, but now I'm passionate about defending the Transformers legacy. Until next week, keep it keen. That was lovely. If we're ever going to talk about a Transformers that that will be the time that you have to come on, Scotty, because quite frankly, I've never heard someone talk so passionately about those Transformers movies. Me neither. Jesus. <laughs> okay. So thank you, Scotty. Thank you, Keen. Thank you to my fat face. Thank you, Old King Cole. And keep sending us in stuff at uh, movies watch before you die at gmail.com or anchor.fm slash movies to watch. Oh, there you go. I didn't even have to do the full thing. I kind of like I, I kind of like to keep you on your toes. Maybe one of these days I'm yeah. just gonna go anchor.fm slash movies. Uh, to watch ah see i got you okay so now we can get back to our verdicts with maddie on comet do or do not there is no try the guilty will be punished sentence to death okay so maddie since you brought this i'll let you say first do you believe this is a movie to watch before you die oh absolutely um yeah it's this is one of my favorite movies I think, and it might just be because of the context of when I, I first uh, experienced it. Um, I was coming off the tail end of an incredibly bad breakup. Uh, you know, the person that I had been with the longest before uh, my wife, and it it it, it hit me because I, the whole time i was definitely doing all of the memory hole going back and forth but with like god fuck i miss all the good times holy shit i was a terrible person oh my god and and i was dating around a lot at the time and uh you know the movie was actually shown to me by by one person that i was seeing at the time but another person uh, another woman that uh that i was seeing at the same time was someone who we had had off and on relationships uh throughout from you know the not the tail end of high school like my first year of college or so up until that point and it was always just a thing of like just missed uh connections because she was much more in the boat of knowing what she wanted out of life and having goals and going to achieve them and everything. And so me not knowing what I was doing at the point, uh, just, you know, it, it didn't end up working out. Uh, but like, since she was back in my life at that time, it was one of those things where it was just like, maybe, you know, maybe it'll work this time. And it was a just a really interesting 
time period for me to experience this for the first time. It, I just, I felt very Dell. Um, and, you know, I've probably even had a couple of the toxic traits about being much closer to uh, who I used to be uh, and, and, and my conservative upbringing. Um, and so just like internalizing a lot of that moving forward and realizing that like, like, you know, there is work to be done in order to like, like become a better person, make a relationship work, uh, just really hit home with me. Now, Gab, do you want to say, uh, your verdict for the movie? I can totally understand that. I mean, I think we've all been through breakups and, and definitely like, will it, won't, won't it work? Well, that's that was a that was a real badge in beauty. <laughs> Will it work? <laughs> Won't it work? Um, <laughs> why, why would that reference doesn't make any sense to Maddie? I'm sorry, Maddie, but one time Dylan tried to say beauty pageant and he said, Go ahead, beauty pageant, beauty patty, beautiful. Yeah. We were talking no, about miscongeniality, badge in beauty. Badge and beauty, beauty, whatever. I, I was not close. That's what happened. <laughs> it was bad. Um, so it was a real, you know, a re- I, we've all been in those like, will it work? Won't it work? Um, you know, I think there's there's a lot of um, uh, romanticizing the idea of like, if you could just be different or if if you could just change this one thing, we could have this perfect life. And, you know, unfortunately, like, you know, in for the most part, people kind of are who they are. And it works or it doesn't. And some people are selfish and, and, you know, need to be with somebody who is okay with that. And some people are not. Um, But ultimately, I think this movie did a really great job of showcasing what a breakup feels like. And I will say this, it definitely made me happy that I am kind of past the age where I might think that that was acceptable in a relationship. Um, because I think a, a younger version of me would have also been like, but I can fix him. I, you know, we can make this work or, or whatever. And I am, um, I am no longer, no longer in that, in that um, frame of mind. But anyway, can you tell that I'm stalling? Um, <laughs> I think I, I appreciated this movie. I think it was very different and unique, um, but I'm ultimately going to say, I do not think it is a movie to watch before you die. Um, and I have a hard enough time letting Dylan down and Maddie, I feel very badly for letting you down. Um, hard time letting me down. No, no, no. I don't give a shit about letting him down. Um, but I, I, I will say this. He was not nice to this... Batman mask and the phantasm at all, Maddie. <laughs> I listened to that episode and you know what? I was pretty, I could have been much meaner. You could have been much um, meaner. You were, you were like, thank you so much for not saying this movie sucked. And I was like, you're welcome. I was in a very hurt place. I was like, you can't say this is bad. I'll just die. I'm smarter than that. No, I think having had this conversation, I definitely feel like um, a little bit more insight. Um, you know, I watched it by myself. So it was definitely not like I didn't have anybody to really like talk to about it and bounce ideas off of, which I tend to like to do. Um, but I, I do think it was a little bit heavy handed in depicting Dell as somebody who was ended up being so selfish where we were kind of rooting for him in the beginning because he seemed minorly flawed. Um, but by the end, he seemed a little bit more like the guy she was on the date with in the first place at the meteor shower than the guy who wooed her away from him. Oh, see, and I thought he was a dick from the very first uh, scene. So that's interesting. 
Yeah, I I just thought he was like, you know, a little rough around the edges, like maybe he needed to be in a relationship to kind of learn a little give and take. And then he wound up like I was rooting for him in Paris. I thought she was being an asshole. And then all of a sudden it was like, oh, actually, like what this it just felt very out of left field. So for me, I think there have been a lot of other movies that do a better job of depicting kind of a toxic relationship where two people really want it to work. But unfortunately, they just can't. I love the idea of it having been a dream. I love the idea of the parallel universe. Versus, I think it's an incredible comment on um, time and space and breakups and reliving things. And um, but ultimately, um, it just kind of didn't really do it for me. So, Dylan, why don't you uh, why don't you tell us what you thought? I just really from a technical standpoint, I loved it. I thought it was beautifully shot. I thought the music was great. The editing was great. Everything we're pointing out. And I did just like I, I was along for the ride. I was laughing when it wanted me to laugh. I was sad when it wanted me to be sad. And I was just like you know, rooting for something that I knew wouldn't work. You know what I mean? That's what I would say. And like the whole time I was hoping against knowledge that like, yeah, it's not going to work. And I think I'm not really a person who's into remotely romantic movies, honestly, most of the time, especially like romantic comedies. Um, But there's a quote that Justin Long gave in an interview that I saw him say, there's more of rom than com, but there's some com and some drama. And I do (laughs) feel like that's a good description of Comet. if you do like at all any of the other movies we talked about, except for like Barbarian, I don't think that's a, a good lead into this. But if you like a 500 Days of Summer or if you like any movie that really is about the goings of a relationship and, you know, how it's birthed, lived and dies, that's sort of what you get to see here. And you just get to see it gloriously and cosmically done. And I enjoyed that. And so I would say as much as it's like shocking me to believe, I think I'm going to say it was a movie to watch before you die. Let's go. Wow. <laughs> I'm shocked, Dill. I, I, mean, I am I'm, shocked too. Like I was I'm, watching and I was like, I'm enjoying this. <laughs> well, I wouldn't say that I wasn't enjoying it. I, yes, just not enough to put it into that tier. And you felt it was a bit heavy handed, which is fair. Yeah. 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 And I also, I just felt a little bit like it was. I don't know, maybe it let me down a little bit. Like it, it felt like anytime there was a moment where you might possibly think there's a little bit of hope, it just shits on you. And I, so I felt like the whole time I was like, this is obviously not going to work. And so it didn't tug at my heartstrings because there was never a moment where I was like, it's going to work. I think, I think it tells us the entire time that it's not going to work. Like we yeah, know that I'm it, not listening to yeah. what I'm being told. <laughs> yeah. well, neither was I. That's why I kept saying, I was like, Titans well, maybe it's going to work anyway. I wanted love. Um, yeah. See, I, I so quickly... so I, I think I think I think you got to give it another shot because I, I, I think if you go into it realizing it's a breakup story rather than a love story, uh, yeah. it, it might change your perspective a bit. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Movies 100%. to watch twice before you die. Yeah. Movies to give a second <laughs> shot to before you die. We have barely given the OK on any movies to watch before you die. We're definitely not on movies to watch twice before you die yet. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, I, uh, I really felt like I'm such a sucker for movies like that. I'll cry my eyes out. I get so emotional. And I did tear up when he was, was about to propose. I mean, when he was saying you're, I'm, I'm, if I'm a restaurant, you're my special, but I don't want anyone else to have you. You're my love. I was, I was getting emotional. And then he was like, and you like me. So that means you're smart. And then I was like, fuck. And it was just (laughs) over for me. Can I bring up? Just before we we're done here, there's two quotes that Dell says that I really liked. Oh, no, Please. there's one Dell, one Kimberly quote. Dell says, uh, 
Yeah, my therapist says I have narcissistic personality disorder, grand delusions that I'm the smartest person in the world. And I'm, what if I really am? You know, <laughs> like, yeah. I was like, that's so funny. And I think it was Kimberly's on the phone with her mom and she goes, he called himself a Bob Dylan song and he called me a Britney Spears song. I don't know what it means either, but it seems insulting. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I think that we I'm sure we could go on a lot further about Comet if we wanted to, but I'm glad that we did get to hear how you saw it because I did want to make sure we asked you about that. So I'm glad you said it anyway. Um, so I guess what we should do now is start to wrap things up. Maddie, where can people find you and the Watchtower database? Well, well, well hold on. Uh, bef- before we wrap things up, uh, I do I do have one last thing that I think uh, uh, I, wa- I want to know your answer. I want to ask you a question. Me? Dylan, where's my fucking money? <laughs> <laughs> I did say that today. I will give you that. I did say that today. And I pretended I was saying it uh, to somebody's baby. So it was it was really a nice moment for me. Gav, so I need a you. video of you saying to a baby, where's my fucking money? Uh, it was great. It was great. I would love to see that. Yeah. Wait, what was the question that you were asking me? Though? <laughs> where can people find you? Oh, where yes. Can people, where can people find me? Oh, God, I don't know how much longer you'll be able to find me on Twitter. But if it's still up by the time this comes out, uh, I am at Maddie Paul, P-A-H-L on Twitter. Uh, I am at executive producer Dick Wolf on Instagram. Love that, by the way. However, I'm probably, uh, uh, I'm I'm probably a little bit more interesting when I'm I'm doing artistic stuff with the Watchtower database folks. Uh, And we are at DCAU Watchtower on all social medias. Uh, You can find us, our main thing is we do YouTube. Uh, we just put out our finale for our Zeta month event. Dylan was in it. Uh, yes, their finale for what? Five years of storyline. God. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, truth be told, it wasn't supposed to be five years, but, uh, pandemics kind of happened. <laughs> so drag, drag that out. But, uh, I think it's probably one of the best videos that we've ever done. Uh, and if you want to check that out, it's on our YouTube channel. Dylan, awesome. where can they find you? Well, my home address is. No, you, can find me, uh, <laughs> you can find Movies to Watch Before You Die on Instagram, but you can find us on all the major podcasting thingies except Stitcher, because I don't know what that is yet. So I'm not going to figure it out either. But Way to can... blow us up. <laughs> you don't can't look find for us on Stitcher. because Look for us on smart. any other one. <laughs> look for us on Apple Podcasts on Google Podcasts on Spotify, whatever else the kids are using to listen to podcasts these days, YouTube, YouTube's and you can email us at movies to watch before you die at gmail.com. And you can leave us a voice note at anchor.fm slash movies to watch. I got you back. You see, you tagged me back. All right. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for being here, Maddie. And hopefully we'll have you listening to the next one. Yes. Thank you so much, Maddie. This was great. It was it was great to share the movie with y'all. I'm glad yeah. I got to make somebody else watch it. <laughs> <laughs> no, it I was really, great. I ended up liking it a lot more than I thought I would. I didn't yeah. click stop recording, but I'm I'm just going to cut it somewhere there. <laughs> <laughs> I realized I was like, I didn't click. Yeah, I shouldn't talk. That's when I get into trouble. I'm sorry I made fun of your sandwich bag. Yeah, I didn't mean to. Actually, that's not true. I did. Sorry, I'm really nervous. It's okay. I'm sorry he bothered you. I'm not nervous because of him.